Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Everybody. Welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Taylor, joined by Ben Roy Taylor. Good afternoon there. <laughs> Josh Brown. Hello there. Full on, full on energy. We did a Q&A podcast last, whatever day it was, last Friday, and we got a ton of questions. We didn't get through all of them, so I thought we'd mop up the rest of them. Um, big thank you to everybody who sent them in last week. And we've also added some of our own questions, because I thought it would be hilarious to pose questions to each other, but we'll get to them at the end. Um, so this question comes from Dot Pone, who says, what do you wish the next console generation could do, but hasn't been confirmed yet, or it's something that was previously denied? Um, they would love a built-in mode similar to the NVIDIA Ansel for PC, or backwards compatibility across every previous generation the um nvidia ansel i think allows you to freeze any game state rotate the camera around take photos that kind of thing because i've seen cool. if it's i've seen something like that with the witcher where someone was freezing the witcher 3 and flying around to take it all in um yeah what do you what, what comes to mind for that i would take full legacy backwards compatibility i feel like that's uh, the easiest open goal that they're just not doing at all, at all. yeah they've absolutely n- n- hit the nail on the head there like a full <laughs> legacy back compat box that just plays everything like even if i have to download it even if i have to emulate it or whatever mm. like that's what i want to spend a monthly subscription on right the amount of money that we waste every single month on stuff we don't need netflix subscriptions that i don't use amazon prime you need another copy of shovel knight all right i just need it <laughs> you needed another copy of shovel knight ben roy needed to buy resident evil 4 again <laughs> i would rather scrap Shush. all that <laughs> and instead uh yeah pay some kind of subscription to just have this like intense back catalog for all of like the different platforms not just sony who immediately comes to mind but for Mm. nintendo but for xbox i just want to be able to play everything in the age where you just want to consume and consume and consume i want to be able to pop in my nintendo switch and Mm. be able to play you know super mario 64 super mario galaxy Super Mario Sunshine without having to pay fifty pounds for glorified. Well, um, that's that cartridge, though, isn't it? Like, unless you got like, there's no way for that to sort of work, I guess. But, but, but there must be a way. Not, not. I want. Oh, you mean like a subscription mean, service thing? Yeah, I don't mean like physically. I don't want to be able to put my cartridge. Jamming a cartridge into it. Yeah. yeah, I mean like just be able to even emulate it via like downloading it or even streaming it like PlayStation Now style. Just get me away where I have access to everything, which might sound really entitled, but like, it's the future. Maybe. I think that they've tried it like a little bit with the, um, the Switch Online stuff, but the, it's nowhere near as, as widely capable as it should be. And like the, the Mario collection, like Ben Roy, you got it as well. It's, it's like the bare minimum that they could have done. Yes, I have that. And I have 
I'm saving it for the dark times of Christmas. But um, <laughs> I don't, for me, I'm going to take it one step further and, and do the give me what I want from Josh. And give me something like the, you know, the, the HD DVD drive for the 360. Give me that. But mm. let me pl- put my, my legit PS1 games in it and let me play them off that in whatever PlayStation console comes next. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, a little wire connecting them. Sure, it's fine. It's, someone's an engineer or a scientist. They can get it to work. And let me put in my copy of Star Wars Episode 1 The Phantom Menace that I played to death and has a few scratches on it might not work properly but let me play that disc can i power battles <laughs> mate if we're going to do old school i mean i've got that as well but you know i <laughs> need i need queen and madala to go to me you're stepping on my dress <laughs> no, I <need> it. <laughs> right. what was that was that was that a game mechanic in the original game stop stepping on amadala's dress you would run behind her and if you like just got too close she would stop and say you're stepping on my you're stepping <laughs> on my dress and then a giant tank would blow her up and you have to start again oh god what's, what's your what what's, this isn't the question that's on the thing but what's either of your most obscure ps1 memory because i'm just thinking of ecw hardcore revolution on the ps1 which is <laughs> just one of the worst slash best wrestling games ever made dude it's so funny you should mention because I was thinking the other night when I was playing Crash or whatever, like because Crash reminded me of the PlayStation One. I was thinking about nostalgic times. games I used to play. I have no idea what this thing was called, right? But it was a game where you used to dive under the sea searching for treasure, and you had this little like rocket-powered like thing, and you would just deep sea dive. And I remember like that being a mind blow when I was a when I was a wee Ben, like mm. growing up. My dad would play it. I don't even know what you were supposed to be doing. I don't think it was any action in it. You literally just swam about underneath the sea looking for like wrecks was it 3d awesome. was it on ps1 it was 3d on ps1 yeah because i i can't even i was like echo the dolphin i can't ben can no. you think of anything that that would be it was like hyper realistic uh, i might have just like fever dreamed it up but i'm pretty sure it exists it might be that they, they remade echo at one point but I, that was on like ps2 or something but um yeah just random obscure ps1 my, <laughs> my obscure one would be smackdown 2 uh, Royal Rumble playing like I'm the best look at me ah. and then my mum beat me in a Royal Rumble match and then she <laughs> won the game and then that's when she started to go I like the PS1 then she bought Time Crisis for herself then she Ooh. bought Time Crisis 2 on PS2 and then she started buying Colin McRae rally games and then I just had to share my PlayStation for a bit oh mate Colin <laughs> McRae 2 though I mean I remember when uh, me and my grandma would go for Smackdown 2 we would put the um, the AI fighters on and just like have it on in the background while we were talking and then we would like react to stuff happening with people getting thrown out and stuff um, <laughs> as if it was like a real wrestling thing um, but yeah I guess for, pretty much all three of us are just going to go with uh, full on backwards compatibility some way to play those old gems that you might get uh, whether we already own them I love the idea of going to a car boot sale or I don't know what even Americans call them some sort of second hand like trading flea market uh, I don't know I've heard that they yeah. have yard yeah. sales they yard sale type sales. thing where you might sort of pick up a really old PS1 game because you're walking past it and knowing that you can go home, put it in and it'll work um, would be kind of cool. Um, next question from Tristan there. This one's brilliant. Um, looking at the release schedule, Ubisoft are releasing three AAA games within a month of each other. Which one will fail the most? Assassin's Creed, <laughs> Valhalla, Watch Dogs Legion or Phoenix Rising? What's that? That thing's called something else, Phoenix Rising. That game just They're all the same game, so it doesn't really matter. Really, kind of. Yeah, kind of. Uh, that, um, that Goblins Rising thing will probably melt away because it's not got a recognized name and we all forget about it every time like 10 minutes after they mm. show it to us why like, can't I, I think, think what that game's called i'm just gonna google it while you're talking it's like ascendance phoenix rising or something like that but you know it's missed out like immortals uh, immortals phoenix uh, rising i, I don't think any of them formerly gods and monsters sorry yes, yes. which was a better more memorable name even though Do it you... sounds more generic 
Do you know why they're not called it Gods and Monsters? Do you know the? Do you yeah. know why they can't call it that? The old monster energy came in, yeah. flapping it about. Big yeah. old monster, like, hey, oh, <laughs> lads, only Kojima can have us. So get out, <laughs> get out. We want to be uh, rainwater. <laughs> yeah, but um, I, I maybe that, but none of them were going to probably as fail as much as if. Rainbow Six Quarantine came out at the moment with the name I Quarantine. God, I forgot that even existed. Yeah. I, I, I mean, want... in, in regards to these things, like, I mean, Phoenix Rising, I feel like people don't even have a touch point on, whereas at least when you see the name Watchdogs, it's like, well, it's Watchdogs. It's more London. Like, London, like, the, the, the whole selling point being like, post-Brexit, guys. Like, yeah, that's definitely what we want. Like, just, as, <laughs> I think Assassin's Creed will do well. Oh, oh imagine yeah, if they or... had, like, some sort of, bloody zombie DLC in that game after it's like it's an outbreak DLC or something like oh my (laughs) you messed up you messed up I'm actually looking forward to that Phoenix Rising even though I forgot what it was until about three minutes ago when I saw the um (laughs) the presentation at the I think it was the last Ubisoft forward or whatever Mm -hmm. I actually thought it looked good and I know that you think it just looks like a Breath of the Wild ripoff but you know what there haven't been enough Breath of the Wild ripoffs in my opinion like I want more (laughs) of that kind of open-ended exploration where you just have Things in the distance, you can go find them. And it looks, to be fair, the, like, like the one that's kind of trying at least to break away from that Ubisoft kind of formula or mold when it comes to just following icons. At least it's doing stuff in world. Yeah, I think I need to see like a lot more of it because, I mean, like you said, Breath of the Wild was a huge influence on it. Like, you know, I mean, Breath of the Wild was an influence on Assassin's Creed Origins, like uh, in terms of like, I, I know from talking to some Ubi folk that like the whole like design of that game's layout was like Breath of the Wild style, you know, have this sort of central hub and then blow everything out once you've got used to the core mechanics. And um, that thing sort of came from Breath of the Wild. But yeah, like you said, there's not been that many Breath of the Wild clones, but I still don't think that anyone can get that game's flow down because everyone other than Nintendo insists on putting numerics everywhere. Like that Genshin Impact is just like, why don't you grind for this? And why don't you do a loot, like do the loot box? Why don't you roll the dice on this? And I'm like, the whole point of Breath of the Wild was that they got away from all that. It was this beautiful flowing game that was the complete antithesis of all, everything that we got sick of in 2017. Um, and then, like I said, Genshin Impact is just like, well, why don't you have stat num- num- numerics flying off every enemy that you're fighting? That's what Phoenix Rising gives me the vibe of as well i guess Sashima was the closest to that sort of thing of taking the numbers away and yeah for some reason committing a crime and getting rid the of the mini map but the wind mate. yeah wind, <laughs> wind no mini map but at least the rain doesn't hinder you in certain ways you don't get <laughs> you even get chilly at one point you do so, yeah I was, I mean, that's the, Sashima is a brilliant show because I think that was something that it took me back to Breath of the Wild's sense of flow, which is a really weird thing to sort of like hinge a game's appeal on. But if you've played Breath of the Wild, if you've played Tsushima, there's a, an almost like tranquil quality to the way it rolls out its hashtag content that I think it does better than the, the games that give you big lists and side quests and whatever else. There's just a way to take those things in. Yeah, it's really interesting that we're getting all of these like Ubisoft games, like the person who asked the question said, like all mm. at once, more or less, within the space of like a few weeks or a few months. Like, I mm. wonder if that's like a reality because they delayed quite a lot of games, obviously, at the start of this year. They pushed them forward and they made it so that they're releasing cross gen and stuff. I wonder whether like they just have to get them out now because if they push them now, they might get away from the end of the fiscal year. Maybe that impacts mm. the overall thing. So that, that worries me a bit. I want to know. I want to make sure that they're all ready to go and that they're all as good as they can be and they're not just getting released because this is as far as they could push them without I, I just kind of taking a big hit. Phys- I think it's physical and the fact that mm. it's cross-gen and also a bit like Cyberpunk where the calendars fill up. If, if Cyberpunk was delayed one more time, it's probably going to be next year now. Like yeah. No game can slip without their sales being impacted in a way or 
literally go buggering off until like February sometime. <laughs> but, I mean, for me, I think they had that whole like scandal allegation reality check thing with like um, that guy. I don't even know what his name was. No, I'm not going to Google it. The dude that was at the, the core of why all their games Bad have man. been pretty crap for the last few years in regards to just greenlighting the same, you know, structures over and over and over again. That guy has now left the company. And so I think that as soon as that guy left, um, you immediately got all the different Netflix projects got greenlighted. They started talking about different, different sequels that they clearly couldn't get through before or different creative ideas and i kind of wonder just how much he was also behind wanting to get games out the door to cash in as fast as possible rather than give them the time in the oven um so i think that you know they kept doing these delays with like watchdogs and i mean it is these three games that we've sort of been waiting on for a while um but i think if just gut feeling i think these three will be the most polished ubisoft games you've seen in a long time because they've actually been able to sort of prioritize quality control for a change I hope so, because I, mm-hmm. I think they all have, you know, for as much as we kind of rag on the Ubisoft open world formula or, you know, Assassin's Creed coming out every two years and kind of being very similar. Like, I mm-hmm. think all of the games mentioned do have at least something going for them, at least one cool idea. Like, even Watch Dogs, I do take umbrage with the setting and the kind of tone <laughs> they're going for. But the idea of being able to, like, jack into all of these different NPCs and all of them kind of bringing their own unique style of play and kind of having permadeath in there and stuff. Like there are some cool ideas in there if they're yeah. capitalized on well and their potential is fulfilled. So all of them I'm interested in. None of them I've like completely written off, even though we have kind of joked about it. But also I'm not properly looking forward to any of them. You know what I mean? They're all existing in this weird liminal space at the moment. Mm. It's weird because I think, like not to shoot on you, just, but I think you might be a little wrong about what's jokes. <laughs> I think that it's a <laughs> secret. It's, it's a secret Aiden Pierce uh, sequel. Because, like, oh, you can play as him. He ain't going to put a permadeath. He's going to just respawn. Oh, I th- and he's God. even got a bit of a story in there. I think it was just they had him, and there is, and he's not as iconic or legendary as we thought. So let's throw a few grannies in there to you know make what? everyone happy and wacky. And you finish the game as him. You know what, Ben Roy? You're right. Hang on, hang on. Mom. <laughs> I'm not coming home. Ben Roy's killed me. Sorry, I can't. I can't, I can't, can't come make back. it home for Christmas. No, 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 no I'm done. Bye. <laughs> no, okay, fair enough. You are right in that regard. I will, I will give you that. I will give you that. I cannot. I can't. I still cannot believe we live in a timeline where um, Sam Fisher can't get a 3D render of himself outside of a cameo in some DLC, but we can get a full-on new version of Aiden effing pierce just <laughs> ridiculous I, although i do kind of wonder i mean the whole watchdogs legion thing that like any character can pop up you can control anybody and it's got this whole i'm fascinated by the literal machinations of how that works because i remember when before no man's sky came out where it was like every animal is different every sound they make is different because everything is procedurally generated even down to the way the animations move and the pitch of their sound and everything else and then when i remember when i picked it up and i got the art book and it was like oh these are like the six skeletons that everything else is built off. And it was like, okay, it all slot into place. And I got how they generated that much stuff. I, I wonder what those, the, the quote unquote skeletons are for Watch Dogs Legion, because they said be, that, you know, everybody is playable, but how does that even work? Can I be cynical again? Yes. You're just going to walk into a room like GTA Online, your characters are going to stand there going, like uh, for anyone who's just listening, you stand there lifeless, <laughs> yes. barely breathing as a character talks at you, points to a board or certain points to a smartphone and goes, smartphone, smartphone, Brexit, Brexit, let's do this. <laughs> and that's all it's That's every cutscene's going to be unless they worm their way into an alien pierce. I forgot actually, did you guys see the example they put out of the, the, the AI generated dialogue? Did you, either of you hear that? No. no. 
That was a hell of, okay, that's a hell of a thing. That just came flooding back to me. Um, they do have a pool of dialogue options that get picked to be slotted into different parts of a sentence so that it can try and algorithmically generate a conversation between any number of characters. And that very oh. much sounds like this the whole time. And <laughs> I like, wonder if, yeah. I wonder if that game is going to cancel itself. <laughs> it just throws something in that it's uh, we all love Brexit. Like, yeah, that would be great. <laughs> just can't get enough of it. I don't know. I think um what they're building sounds really ambitious. I love the idea of it. I still like just don't think Watchdogs is what Ubisoft wants it to be. And I never think never thought it really got off the ground. I always thought it was just so hampered by that first installment. Um, but I still think these three games, like I said, will be super polished because they kind of need them to be. And this might just be the end of the Ubisoft formula because the dude that was reinforcing it has now left the company. Um, so hopefully it's greener pastures next gen. Um, next question from Rex Wolfley, who says, given that it usually takes uh, two to three years in a console generation to really figure out what they are, what predictions do you have for each console's future in a few years? Um, Mr. JB, what do you think? My Lord, I, I think, <laughs> I think just going off from what they're stressing, I just mm. think we'll see far bigger and more kind of open worlds. I think we're going to see that kind of, funnel level design even in open world games where a lot of stuff is kind of hidden you know we were just talking about right. assassin's creed there and for as much as i genuinely do think like their open worlds are kind of like lavished with you know detail attention there's so much passion's gone into creating them you can still sort of see the the papered over cracks where they are creating the illusion of something that they cannot render all at once. Mm. So you have these kind of like dense forests, which kind of like limit the, um, the draw distance and stuff that you have to go through a lot of kind of copied and pasted textures. Whereas I think and hope that in two or three years, we'll just start seeing these worlds without those limits where you will be able to see one end of the map to the other with, with obviously, you know, there's reduced quality along the way, but there won't be those kind of, you know, forests obscuring the view that you have to go through or those kind of corridors you need to shuffle down while the next kind of area loads. And mm -hmm. I think that, you know, it's easy to take the make out of that being a main feature of next gen and be like, well, I don't really mind walking through corridors. I don't really mind having those. I do. I hate going through the areas. stupid crevices that are in every I, I hated I it in Final do. Fantasy VII. It got <laughs> pathetic at the end yes. of that. <laughs> yeah, it, it does suck. But I just think with that way, it, it will hopefully fundamentally change how developers can construct levels it, without those limitations. Maybe we see, you know, worlds that are more vertical than ever, that are more mm. dense than ever, that have more interiors than ever. And even better, all of that is connected and rendered kind of like in real time where you don't have to spend five minutes waiting in a loading screen just to get into a building or have the whole world kind of like feel segmented in a way that it is now. And I think it's something that we will look back on and just kind of think, man, remember when we had Final Fantasy VII? We had to do <laughs> all of those shinnies past those walls. Well, I think like, those things, think that of? stuff feels archaic now. Like, I mean, like Ben Roy yeah. said, like it, it sticks out. And I mean, that doubly or quadruply stuck out to me as someone who, you know, was never there in the original one. Obviously it's a different style of game, but the, yeah. you know, it just, it felt like padding even more so. But in regards to like the loading thing, I remember, and it, it would have been in, in a, a magazine, official, sorry, official PlayStation magazine back in like 2000, 2001, whenever they very first started previewing the getaway, I don't know if either of you read the previews back in the day, but they wrote it up in a way that said that you would be on the run because the getaway was an old school crime open world thing for anyone who didn't play it. GTA style, but set in London, photo reel. And the selling, selling point for that was that you could be on the run from the police and they cited that you could go into a McDonald's, order yourself a burger, sit down, have a nice little burger, and the police would run past you thinking that you were someone else. That never came true, did it? So <laughs> it was, it was, the SSD can make it happen. Dream. 
One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. There's the dream of being able to go into every building in like one of those games that we've never realised. Like maybe that sort of thing as well. And mm-hmm. I just want to, I just want to be a parasite and jump on Josh's point again because he's got <laughs> such good points. Uh, as much as it started to sound like he maybe wanted flat Earth in games where you could just seed <laughs> from one end of the map to the other, it's more. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think he's got a point because replaying Resident Evil Seven again, and now I'm not so scared until I fight giant monsters i'm running through the game a bit mm-hmm. and when i go from one from like the main big house to the old house as you go through a gate the game fades to black and fades back up and i get a little loading thing and for a, for a second or two it stops me I'm like, wait i've never remembered this before because obviously when i played it years ago i was scared i was like uh, where is everything so i was going very slow to the game i time to catch up mm-hmm. so this is why like this kind of made me think about like resident evil 8 how they're like they haven't announced it officially for ps4 yet or xbox one because they can't get it to run and i think right. this is the thing this is the thing of, like it's just 
allowing them to render more stuff at, at the high quality that we all sort of expect. Because mm-hmm. even if you look at, like, say, like a uh, Final Fantasy or a Resident Evil um, 7 Now sort of thing, the textures, they just don't pop in for ages. Mm-hmm. Like with Final Fantasy, I'm no- noticing that tap that looks like just a rectangle that <laughs> someone may have even forgotten in the corner. It's just like, what's going on there? But as you go through, you notice I love, like, the characters look beautiful and all, I love the monsters that terrify in Resident Evil, but then you see, like, that can, I can't read it for about five minutes while it sort of loads up and right. sort of thing. So I think it's, it, Josh has it on the head. Like, he's like, bam, got it. It's basically to be able to load, like, what we have at such a high, like, demanded resolution, but mm-hmm. more of it, basically. Yeah, with the, just without those sacrifices, you know what I mean? Like, that level of quality, the, the level of Final Fantasy VII's character models just across the board without sort of seeing where, you, where they're, like, squeezing blood from a stone, you know what I mean? Because they've made the most, to be fair to them, of, like, this generation's hardware, considering it was kind of underpowered back in 2013. Like, the amount they managed to get out of that and the differences oh, yeah, from yeah. launch games to now is impressive, but at the same time, exactly like Ben Roy says there with Final Fantasy, fantasy to get that level and to make it seem like they've bumped it up a notch you can see where they've had to take it down a notch in other areas that you might not care about at the moment there's also like just the sheer game design level design like I, uh, mike bithel's been talking a lot about this on the play watch listen podcast which i guess shout out to that lot but like as on the game dev side he was like the idea of a um any game giving up all of its data all at once you don't have to have corridors to mask loads you don't have to have the crevices and things like that and it's not just like texture detail it's literal world geometry that you know you can make something that is constantly playable constantly flows and he was talking about the um the almost ethical side of it that you can't really make something that is endlessly playable because then someone will sit and just potentially just play it endlessly for x amount of hours because they don't have those breaks in regards to load times or things like that and he said sometimes you know they'll bake them into the game so you can actually take a breath or a mental breath or whatever um, to take this stuff and i think all that stuff is fascinating but i hope that in um you know going forward maybe in a couple of years we'll see some sort of new genre some some way of playing a game and um, that fundamentally couldn't be done before just because of the way the data is being accessed whether that's through i don't know literal visuals or just the way that you interface with those levels um that's what i would hope for but i i don't know it's it seems like we're on the precipice of something insane like the idea that it blows everything we've never had no load times in games before but it's going to take a while for the xbox side to catch up i'm just excited as well about resident like you talk about resident evil 8 not being able to work on this gen like that Mm. shows that they're actually doing something whether it's just horsepower whether it's like they're rendering, they're going back to Resident Evil 6 secretly and they render a giant fly that's going to be there and they can't <laughs> render it as much. But whatever it is like that, they're doing something that they can't do now. Mm-hmm. And then that for me makes it like already worth it and warranted. Yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm watching that little bit um, demo that they put out of uh, Miles Morales, uh, where he like does the double webs and flies through a vent, <clears throat> goes from inside a warehouse to outside, and it's instant. Um, I just want to see that stuff. Um, next question from Tom, who quite a quick one, who says, "Do you think that CD Projekt Red after Cyberpunk will revisit the Witcher world?" Um, I guess is that whole general idea of The Witcher Four. Do you guys want to see a Witcher Four in some fashion? After like because. Me and Ben are both like we played it like this year, yeah, Witcher yeah. Three. So after going back to it, I, I really do. And maybe it's just because Ooh. it is a recency thing that I've gone back to it. But I, I think there's so many kind of characters in that world, mm-hmm. like Siri, uh, Siri. Oh my God, I have forgotten her Siri. name. Cirilla Fiona. Cyrilla, that's it. Uh, yeah, and like exactly, like I don't know much about it. She's only in that third game, you know, like briefly mentioned otherwise. And I feel like this, the focus is so much on Geralt mm-hmm. that I think it would be really cool 
you know, like, like so many other main characters before him, for him to kind of be separated and to occupy a sort of supporting role, like be mm. in the game still, but not, not be controlled still. by you. Yes, yeah, sort of like see a different side of him because even though it is an RPG series, you have a lot of control over what Geralt does within the franchise. Mm. I think The Witcher is so fascinating because he's such a distinct character, even though you can control him. Like all of the different personality choices in one form or another align to who Geralt could be at least or who he is at his core. And I think that's why he would work even outside of the player's control. So I would really, I'd be fascinated to see um, him from a different perspective and mm-hmm. a kind of like different part of the world that we haven't seen before. And I just think there's too much money in it. They're definitely well, going to come back. Did you, like, did with you guys the play TV the, show, the DLC, um, like Hearts of Stone and, and Blood and Wine? Yeah. I think the, the way that Blood, Blood and Wine... Brenway, did you play it as well? I did not. Ah, just Blood and Wine, the way that they yeah. leave it off at the end of Blood and Wine is like, you put a bow on it, like it's just, it's so perfect, like that I didn't really want them to go back to that. And um, the idea of him being in like an advisory role is kind of interesting though, um, just because it worked so well in Metal Gear Solid 2. I think, yeah, he'll be a kind of like a Gandalf character where he's like the old wise one or mm. the, the old Obi-Wan sort of character. But uh, I also, I don't think for a while, I like we're thinking maybe we might get one at the very end of this this next generation but i don't think we're gonna see it for a what like for a long time and if they what from what we've heard is true that they want to focus on cyberpunk now Mm. and i reckon they feel like there's gonna be enough witcher stuff out there with the tv series and i don't know if there's more books coming out but i'm gonna be the i'm gonna be the the sad one here i was like no there's gonna be no more witcher (laughs) for Probably seven to ten years. This, I mean, they, they referred to um, Witcher and Cyberpunk as like the two pillars of their like identity yeah. or something. It was like they're, they're, it's like the Elder Scrolls and Fallout of Bethesda. It's that they're the things that they want to go back to. But I guess it would have to be a very specific story to return to. I'd say it's also weird as well. Mm-hmm. And it's a quick point. But like how Witcher is so perfect. They take the RPG stuff like what we have in, say, Skyrim. But they give you an actual character to use and Geralt is a character. Whereas Cyberpunk, it seems like that blank slate sort of like mm. do whatever you want with it. So it, I'm curious, I'm still curious about Cyberpunk in that way. Like how is that going to, like, I hope they create it more of a pill and you get more of a characterization. Out it's of it the, the Geralt, for me, when I played through The Witcher in 2015, I thought Geralt, I still do think Geralt is the perfect open world RPG protagonist because he's like, yeah. he's completely emotionally blank based on like his own backstory. He's been stripped of all humanity and emotion, but then it's about him clinging back to different parts of it and like coming back together and realizing he can have emotions and fall in love and whatever um but yeah the cyberpunk stuff super quickly i think that the, the voice acting in that just sounds horrible so far i don't know if either of you think the same thing from what they've shown but I've it's just like, avoided it i've just oh, avoided just, it Chuck, all yeah. of it's just like yeah man we're gonna do this and we're gonna go over here and, duh, and i'm just like what is this like <laughs> so going back to the witcher 3 i also realized something similar with that game but that game gets away with it because it's the like the old-timey english you know what i mean right because of like the dialect and the writing of that game i think it gets away with the kind of more cringy dialogue in a way <laughs> do that you have I'm an example sure sir well i don't know there's just like a lot of cock and bollocks in there isn't there like a lot of <laughs> a lot of crude cock and bollocks when it comes to the witcher oh, 3. i wish that was our review quote just on the back of the box just a lot of cock and bollocks josh <laughs> oh, who's, a lot of really good cock and bollocks the, but yeah cock and bollocks i forget who's the big bald lad that you help out for a bit Deekstra. in the baths Deekstra, yeah, yeah like he's very he's very lewd and sort very of cock and bollocks isn't he yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, <laughs> i'm interested to see just how much if uh, if youtube's cock and bollocks algorithm pick up on saying cock and bollocks over and over again <laughs> we said too many times yeah yeah, you know, maybe, yeah. Um, so these final three questions are the ones that we thought we'd pose to each other we have got 
on probably over time. Who knows? I haven't really been timing it that well, but we do have a question each. Uh, my question for you two is how far do both of you see yourselves going in pursuit of next gen visuals? Because um, for me, I'm already thinking like I'm going to have to get a new TV. I, I know, am I going to bother getting the new half-step consoles? Because I feel like I opened a gate this generation and it was a gate very much held open by Josh Brown, but I did walk through it. Um, and I do now have, I got the 4K TV, I can't tell the difference. And I got a PS4 Pro and I can't tell the difference. <laughs> but I am forever thinking that I should still keep going down this pasture. So yeah, do what it. do you guys think of, of all this half-step stuff and the idea of buying, you know, the latest technology to keep up with stuff? Almost in a way that I feel like the PC mentality is. I feel like they're, us console people have become PC people in terms of we're chasing the latest hardware all the time. To an extent, I think, especially with like the half-step consoles and stuff, mm. making us more aware of what we're getting and kind of having to interrogate the specs a bit more to properly tell the difference. But so, so for me, side-by-side like, side comparisons. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> like one of the only kind of tech things I've properly been interested in because while I obviously love video games, um, like I'm not really into you know what the latest phones are or anything like that. Like computers, I don't even know how computers work half the time. Like I don't really like them. I don't, I'm not really getting into them. But when it comes to like TVs and consoles and visuals and stuff, I want to make sure that I'm getting the most out of it. And to be honest, guys, I might actually just stop watching Digital Foundry because they make <laughs> great content, but it always has me panicking over whether or not I'm experiencing my games at the best. I wish I be. had a archive of everything that you've sent me because randomly at like 11 o'clock, you'll just send me a message. I think I'm going to get this 8K, eight grand, four, five grand TV. <laughs> the nits are better. And I'm like, what, what the hell's going on, Josh Brown? And then a week later, I'm like, yeah, I'll probably do that as well, to be honest. But it's just complete insanity. Benroy, you've been a hell of a lot better moralistically than both us two because you yeah. stuck with your 2013 console the whole time. Uh, I am going to go half step next time. I'm just going to buy the new things next time because, mm. like, uh, nothing is running as smooth as it would. And, like, a bit <clears> like these new generation of games, everything's like rocking on like thin ice. Like, I'm just waiting for things to break now. And I'm just like, come on. Let's, you've got you've got a month to go. Let's just do this. We can do yeah. this. But with TV, line. with TVs, I'm always in a sort of a cycle where I wait five years because I'm not gonna just go another two years because it's just the money compared to what you're getting out of it is just not gonna add up to what you want sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And having uh, like uh, having dealt with 4K and things like that, I really early on in my past jobs and things like that, I got way into HDR and all that sort of thing really mm -hmm. early. And I have the nice the nice TV there. Uh, mm -hmm. Uh, there, uh, because um, I want to watch my all my medias even in streaming. Even though you can't really get the best things you stream, like you got to get the Blu-rays and stuff. But I want to watch the yeah the best highest quality I can. Mm -hmm. And then missing out on the PS4 Pro, and then seeing no point in the uh, what. One X, One X, One X is the yeah. That's yeah, the, that's that. the thing. There's so many <laughs> permutations of the same yeah. thing. We we talk about this every day, and I still make it. Still can't get it right. <laughs> I see no point in that. Really, like uh, I don't think he has a connect slot, so it's pointless. But like, well, yeah, exactly. it was just. Are just, you going to play Kane and Lynch, mate? You can't. Yeah, <laughs> you can play Kane and Lynch. I think that's <laughs> you can't plug a connect in, so it's no point having an Xbox anymore. But True. yeah, I, I, for me, it was always like I didn't see the point of these half steps, but now I do mm -hmm. because. I've lived with the the pain for the next few years, so I will be doing the half step stuff. And I, I'm kind of like in between you both. I'm not as mental as Josh Brown, where I think he's got a new TV every two months or something. He's got one on the way. Yeah. Smash oh, yeah. it! You're no use to me anymore. And just gets <laughs> one sort of thing. More nits. 
There are just outside my apartment window. There's just like a mountain of TVs that I just set fire to now and again. Yeah. If you want to find where Josh lives, look for the burnout TV. But like, I, I'm in that TV cycle where I, I kind of like wait for like the the new thing, like the HDR, to be out for about a year. Then you mm. jump in, sort of thing. And mm. with consoles, I'm just gonna do the half step from now on. But then I'm getting a Series S because I want to save a bit of money and don't spend. Oh, I away. think I'd, that so, I I don't know. I feel like if I got a Series S, I would at some point I would see something on the X and be like, oh. Oh, I should have got that. You've got a 1X though, so you don't even need to buy... A... I know what I'm going to get it anyway, aren't I? I can't, I can't not I get think... it. This is I, the illness. Unless, unless someone in the comments or in the world of the internet, unless the internet knows, I don't think there's any point of buying uh, 1X, Series X, Series X if you've got a 1X. I don't mm-hmm. think there is. I think that at this point, you're just giving like Phil Spencer and Todd Howard some pocket money. That's it. I want to give it a big spence, but I mean, he said that um, he doesn't necessarily think that the X, he thinks the S will outsell the X over time. Um, but yeah. also in terms of reasons to get it, I can suspend Burnout Revenge and SSX3 at the same time and just jump between them. I don't, True. I can't, you can't do that, can you? I've, you've got to shell out half a granny so I can do that. I won't ever play them games ever again, probably. They're beautiful games, mate. They look even better on the I've done it. Like. I've done it. I've done it. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I did it 13 years ago. Yeah, I know. Uh, Mr. Benroy, your question uh, quite fairly quickly was um, which game do we want to forget so we could experience it for the first time again which is a great shout um jb do you have anything that comes to mind my mind always just goes to metal gear because i think that's something that i cherished the most the first time <laughs> my metal gear will be up there for me like metal mm. gear too but if i had to go for one it would be also a kojima thing mm. uh death stranded because yeah. like experiencing that the first time not only the story but getting to grips with like the mechanics and stuff like i remember playing absolutely hammering the opening um like eight hours in like one day or something and just getting to the point where i wasn't tripping over my own ass and every single rock that i found like that was such a great learning experience and i felt like i like engaging I, I couldn't engage with those mechanics in that way again going back to it because i know too much almost i, yeah. I don't want to just blitz through it my my mouth just exploded. <laughs> I just want to it. Through it. <laughs> I want to be able to sort of start with nothing again, start from scratch, mm. and build myself up in the way that I did the first time. That uh, so that game my... plays its hand in a way that you once you know, it's almost like a magician's trick. Like you can't, it can't be replicated. And I remember when all three of us went through it the first time. Um, was one of the most joy. Have you have you know have you seen this? Have you unlocked this? Have you tried going this way? Like and then trying yeah. to figure out the story. Um, I still think it completely implodes at the end. But the actual journey was absolutely phenomenal like just one of the best the whole generation and um, yeah i might just back up death stranding ben or did you have one that you wanted to throw in or are you just proposing the question and i'm gonna back up death stranding but also i'm just gonna oh. say the last of us as well just mm. like, in my in my weird logic so anyway if you forget the first game you can forget the second game until you finish the first game and the second game is back there so shut up everyone but i want to forget the first <laughs> last of us yes. so i can experience it again and just play that bloody effing brilliant game and just experience it and have from start to finish and just go through it and just live it once more and just just be there and have joel be my fake dad and then have <laughs> then have uh troy baker chase me around death strand afterwards yes it's a beautiful combo mr jb your final question if we had one gaming recommendation we could give for the rest of our lives what would it be franchises or inv- individual games do you mean you want to hold something up on a pedestal that will never get old or is it, we can never give yeah, another recommendation ourselves yes essentially you know you can only get you can only recommend one game <laughs> or franchise or whatever for the rest of your life if someone comes to you and says scott man like what do i play like give me something to play like what what can get me into video games 
you can only pick one. What oh do you call God! Fire but it, but it also has to roll in. Like, well, it's what's going to hit you emotionally. What's going to take you to a higher plateau? What's going to be the most worthwhile? What is the most that this medium can give you through the lens of an individual game or a franchise? I might have to go with Final Fantasy if I can recommend an entire Ooh. franchise. I know, and it would have been Metal Gear. But I think that the highs of Final Fantasy VII and IX specifically in the worlds that they create, especially seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, um, are just like spiritually uplifting, especially in seven and IX's case, um, that I wouldn't be able to say about other full franchises. Um, and even the Final Fantasy at its lowest moments is still pretty damn incredible. Um, yeah, I'm going to say the entire Final Fantasy franchise. Ben Roy, over to you. I'm going to go for what I think is the best game of all time and my favorite game, The Last of Us. Show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what? Last last of, I mean, Last of Us is the one that elevated everything else and just said, yeah. like, look, game, games can compete with just, any just, sort. Just changed, yeah, just changed yeah. everything for me. Completely yeah, elevated. Last of Us one and two, to be honest, like that's mm. the game that I always recommend to people who aren't really into games, like, and mm. they always have such a great reaction to it. Like Adam Nicholas, who who plays games now and again, is a great man. Like mm-hmm. he was playing through the Last of Us one and then the Last of Us two this year. I remember like this, just yeah. seeing getting his reactions, like yeah. his messages through, like reacting to plot points and things that are going on. Like it's just joyous being able to share those moments, and I feel like that is a game in a in a series that, like resonates with people who have played a million games with people who have played like five games in their entire mm. life everyone has a reaction to it everyone can experience it it's so accessible so that for me i think that would be the one constant that i could always fall back on to be like hey play the last of us you know I would, I would definitely back that too i just think with given the whole scope of what the question was i was like man if i can like if i can serve you up a nice little platter then in the middle oh, of that platter it could be the last of us but i think if i have a, oh here's Here's all the Final Fantasy. Plus, I can force Benroy to play the original Final Fantasy VII and you, and you're never going to do it unless you have my platter. So, I'm pl- I'm, my friend is playing the original game at the moment, so I'm living that game you, through him. No. I mean, uh, <laughs> you'll get there. But yes, um, for now, this has been the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I've been your host, Scott Tilford, joined by Benroy Turner. Good night, everyone. And Josh Brown. See you later. Thank you for the questions, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. 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 Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.